Good morning, welcome back to Danton's Media. Today we're going to be looking over a brand new $9 billion contract for the Cloud Capabilities Award planned for December of this year by the Department of Defense. Now, I mean, seriously, this is just outstanding. I think many people are shocked when I speak about Palantir and the government, but the fundamental truth is I think people are, un are underestimating how large the government can get um, and how much... Uh, money there is within the governments and the I mean they keep spending they keep spending on contracts they keep spending on new clouds they keep spending on cloud compute they keep spending on all these new technologies it doesn't seem like it's going to stop it's nine billion is a serious amount of money and it's over a five-year period too it's not over a 50-year period this is a five-year period for a nine billion dollar award I have all the information we wrote about it first on dantons.com if you're not following us on socials on LinkedIn on Twitter if you're not following us, if you're not telling your parents about us, then what are you doing? Tell your children, tell your family, tell your friends, and keep up to date with all the latest news when it comes to innovation within public markets. So let's go to look at this uh, report. We can see that there's a new award for the Joint Warfighting Cloud Capability Procurement Award, in which is planned for December. The DOD Chief Information Officer, Mr. John Sherman, said in Washington, Today, furthermore, in July 2021, the DoD officials said that they expected the procurement to be ready by April 2022. We can see a common trend, by the way. If you are living under a rock, maybe you haven't noticed, uh, but there is a very common theme when it comes to Palantir and when it comes to the government. What is that? Well, contracts are pushed back all the time. This is not just a one-off thing. It happens every single time for a matter of quarters. So, 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 so expected this to be ready in 2022, April, um, and it's been pushed back to December. So it may be pushed back again, but fundamentally it will be signed eventually. Uh, governments are just innately inefficient, innately, innately bureaucratic and innately political and, and just terrible at capital allocation and contract allocation. So we have a innate uh, lumpiness when it comes to government. I think that's wise to note. So this new JWCC is a groundbreaking procurement, uh, Sherman said, and it involves some of the biggest technology firms in the United States. And this article states uh, some companies, including Google, Oracle, Microsoft, and AWS, but actually that is incorrect. Actually, the companies that can purely compete for this are the ones that have uh, the highest security rating, IL-6, uh, as we'll get to momentarily. We're going to look over the, the, the requirements for this, and it should clarify that there actually aren't many companies that, the companies that can compete for this. And we know yesterday, Palantir just achieved IL-6 uh, security rating. Uh, therefore leading to speculation, despite the fact we have not had an official announcement that Palantir are competing for this. But it's led to speculation that Palantir is the best contender um, for this contract, or at least is among um, the other companies that have, have IL-6, in, in which I believe is, is AWS and Amazon. So the four hyperscale cloud service providers are working with DoD specialists to produce what they call a multi-cloud effort that is going to provide enterprise cloud capabilities for the Department of Defense at all three security classifications, including unclassified, secret, and top secret, all the way from the continental United States out to the tactical edges, he states. That is a really important statement I want to note and just touch upon. The fact that there is going to be a focus on a multi-cloud effort that is going to provide enterprise cloud capabilities for the DoD under all, uh, all classifications. The main thing I took away from that is multi-cloud effort. Palantir's Apollo program is playing within the realm of interoperability of cloud, of cloud compute. So it seems that, as we'll speak about momentarily, this contract has many similarities to the products uh, 
created by Palantir. And perhaps this could be a great indication of some sort of collaboration with the likes of uh, AWS, Microsoft, and so on and so forth. They mentioned in the article that once in place, it will service the joint all-domain command and control initiative, as well as aiding the AI intelligent applications and much more. Uh, he said, the program plan is three-year base contract with two-year options. Uh, as the conclusion of this possible five-year procurement, the DoD is going to launch a full and open comp com competition for a future multi-cloud acquisition. So it seems like what they're saying is this is a three-year um, mandatory contract with an additional optional uh, two years, I believe, as well as this after the five-year period is up, you have a full and f another competition, basically, um, for the acquisition. So if another company comes by and, is in and, and, and has better capabilities at that time, then the prior vendor could be displaced. That is the way procurement works within the government. Um, and it's a, they're, they're really kind of focusing on, on, on open competition and free markets, if, if you can call it that. Officials have stated, according to the report on Huntons.com, that this is a $9 billion contract. The five-year contract ceiling is $9 billion. So the one that wins the contract, it does not uh, automatically guarantee that they're going to get $9 billion in one go, uh, but it has the capabilities of, of, of being upwards um, all the way to $9 billion, which is fairly staggering. Washington Headquarters Services is the leading procurement assistant uh, for the DoD and the intelligence agency. Back in July, officials expected only two cloud service providers to qualify for the bid on the procurement, and the DoD was committed to conducting market research to determine which cloud service providers qualified to receive uh, direct solicitations. That's interesting too. Only two cloud service providers have actually qualified for this so far. Uh, back in July, uh, this was uh, mentioned, and I believe, and I'm just speculating here, there's no actual official announcement and and confirmation of this, but I believe it's the it's the cloud providers that have the classification uh, fr from bottom to top. So those that have IL six are qualifying for this, as we're going to see momentarily when it comes to the the specifications and requirement of this contract. Um, five were considered, and a full received the solicitation in November 2021. And this complicate this this um this, this complicated the the assessment period immensely. Sherman praised professionals at each of the four bidders for their expertise and willingness to cooperate. He said that there's been a lot of iterative dialogue, uh, very robust and very good collaboration from all involved, which is very very interesting. But in a quote, as we've gotten into this, we've recognised that our schedule was maybe a little too ahead of what we thought, and now we're going to wrap up in the fall, and we're aiming to do this in December. Once again, just reiterating the point that I've been making many times on the channel: the fact that. You have innate, uh, just just terrible like uh, time management within governments. It takes ages to do anything, let alone assign a nine billion dollar contract uh, to a specific companies or company. Um, so that's just highlighting the, the innate kind of inefficiency of government when it comes to capital allocation and contract allocation, which is wise to acknowledge once again. The change to a December award date does not indicate anything wrong with the procurement. Rather, this is ensuring that the government does its due diligence uh, in which American taxpayers deserve. Absolutely, and I totally agree. Uh, so they're kind of trying to defend themselves for pushing the date back once again uh, to December. And perhaps in December it will be pushed back again, uh, as I expect, to be totally frank. But it's wise. I mean, when you have a range of proposals with very high qualified companies uh, and a very big award, you don't want to give this to the wrong company. Uh, so the research must go in, uh, the competing must occur and the right contract must go to the right company. In a quote, Sherman said that it is just the amount of workload going going between four proposals is very hard. 
you mentioned again that we've got a good team with the right expertise on this, but doing the due diligence takes time. I think we're just underestimating the amount of time that this is going to take, you mentioned within a quote. And below on the article, we, we, we listed a range of uh, specifications for the $9 billion contract. Uh, you can see within the quote here that the Joint Warfighter Cloud Capability Contract is a multi-vendor enterprise-wide acquisition vehicle that is going to provide the DoD with a vehicle to acquire commercial cloud services directly from a commercial service pro provider of cloud. Once JWCC is operational, the DoD is going to be able to acquire authorized commercial cloud offerings. Some of the specific benefits of commercial cloud offerings is going to include availability at all security domains and classification levels, availability at the tactical edge, including denied, degraded, intermittent or limited environments, integrated enterprise cross-domain solutions, reporting capabilities and fidelity for tracking cloud resources and usage, so on and so forth. Furthermore, the department goes into more detail within their slick sheet in which you can download on the website at dantons.com. Uh, the slick sheet basically is just a, a brief summary uh, in a nice documentation uh, that explains what is required from what company um, and what they expect to allocate the, the, the contract to one specific company. In a quote, they mentioned within the slick sheet that providing the DoD with a commercial cloud offering at all classifications from headquarters to the tactical edge is key. They also mentioned within the quote that there is a necessity for uh, streamlined provisionings of cloud services, fortified security and commercial pricing uh, priority. Features of enterprise-wide multi-vendor cloud solutions with contracts directly with CPSs will bring a number of pivotal attributes into one acquisition environment to the DoD, including, and this is where it gets really interesting in terms of the pure requirements of this contract, what is needed from what company, and which companies perhaps uh, can actually compete for this. They mention uh, within a very, very brief summary that there is a necessity for capabilities at all three classification levels. So already that's narrowing down uh, the capabilities in terms of which companies can compete because we know that not all companies have IL level six top secret classification levels. They also mention uh, that there is a necessity for integrated cross-domain solutions. Uh, they, they mention in brackets a CDS, uh, global availability and uh, inclusive of tactical edge locations and the final requirement is enhanced cybersecurity controls. They go on for another uh, 10 or so uh, bullet points including including ease of use, global accessibility, um, tactical edge devices, so on and so forth, elastic computing, storage and network infrastructure, so on and so forth. So basically there is a range of requirements uh, that is necessary uh, in order to allocate this contract to a specific vendor. And they highlight that all on the slick sheet that you can download uh, within the article on dantons.com. Check that out now if you want more information. But fundamentally, and to get out, get away from the boring stuff, uh, I believe that there's potential for Palantir to compete for this $9 billion contract. And specifically in consideration of the fact that IL-6 has just been announced officially uh, for Palantir in the, in, in the past few days. Palantir Technologies announced that their federal cloud service offering has received a DoD impact level six uh, within the past few days. And with the debut of the federal cloud Palantir service in 2019, the company first gained their IL-5 and now with this new award, they're expanding their cloud offerings to include a new secret region. Uh, they're just one of the three firms that have obtained IL level six for their cloud offerings this far, including Microsoft, AWS, and of course now Palantir. But fundamentally, uh, this IL-6 designation shows that Palantir can, can handle uh, top secret information, the processing and storage, storage of data with the highest classification levels. Um, and obviously, this is a major testament to the Palantir product and shows 
uh, that they have true capabilities in which are com- in, in which are on par, if not better than the likes of AWS, Amazon, Google, and so on and so forth. It is the highest level, and Palantir joins AWS, Microsoft as the only three companies at that tier. Just an amazing, amazing initiative. And Palantir did allude to this uh, back uh, a few quarters ago. In fact, in their 2020 Q4 presentation, at the time they were only AL5 alongside a few other companies. Most other software providers, including Snowflake, Salesforce, Google, Oracle, SAP, have only achieved uh, level two to level four, which is obviously nothing in comparison to Palantir. One investor actually mentioned uh, within the article on Dantons.com that today Palantir obtained DoD Impact Level 6 authorization, and this shows that they have the potential, uh, in his opinion, to perhaps, com- to perhaps compete for this five-year, $9 billion cloud contract. Hughes went on to mention that the DoD is preparing for an award uh, for four potential companies with this new joint warfighting cloud capability program, uh, the successor of the now-scrapped Joint Enterprise D- Defense Infrastructure Cloud program, the DoD have stated that they're going to announce the winner in December of 2022. Uh, and this is a $9 billion contract for five years. However, an official DoD company and official stated that only two companies are expected to be eligible. Those companies are Microsoft and Amazon Web, Web Services. Google and Oracle, uh, as we mentioned at the very start, do not have D- DoD Impact Level 6 provisional authorization from the Defense Information Systems Agency. As we know, he mentions within his tweets, we know that Palantir just just received their new IL Level 6 uh, authorization from the government. And although Palantir is not a cloud provider as, as per se, uh, Palantir Apollo does provide various solutions uh, for the cloud services, such as Microsoft Azure, uh, AWS and Google Cloud. So there's kind of a similarity here when it comes to Apollo and the, the, the cloud services that Palantir offers, uh, despite the fact they're not specifically a cloud vendor. If the DoD selects uh, Microsoft, Amazon, or both for the JWCC program, Palantir will likely profit for, from it subst- substantially, uh, in his opinion. So obviously, uh, very um, early days in terms of the official announcement for this. Uh, there is still speculation as to whether Palantir is even included in this. But bottom line is, Palantir just received their new security level, uh, it's the highest security level, and this award seems... Uh, to, to kind of describe Palantir and some of the characteristics of their products, namely Apollo. Piper Sandler, uh, as we reiterated many times on the channel, also incredibly optimistic on the US government, uh, specifically the DOE and the Department of Defense. The Department of Defense, according to Piper Sandler, uh, has at least, it generates at least half of the overall revenue for the USG, uh, the United States government. Sandler estimates, as we wrote within the article, that at least 44% of the revenue Palantir gains from the US government is estimated that at least half of that is generated from the DoD alone. Uh, this, dem- de- this really demonstrates, according to Piper Slander, the effectiveness of the platform. The fact that Palantir uh, gets 44% of its, its USG revenue uh, from the DoD alone. Uh, they also mention in a few brief uh, bullet notes we wrote about on Dantons.com that number one, likely over half of the US government uh, Palantir revenue comes from the DoD. Palantir saw significant tailwinds and it was expected to expand the business uh, within the US with some US agencies during the COVID pandemic and Palantir has gained long-lasting relationships with US customers uh, after this kind of period of chaos in which, in which we've seen so evidently. So the main point that I wanted to note here is the fact that Palantir uh, has expanded major, major connections within the DoD uh, during and after COVID and it seems that this could be an indication that in consideration of the close and tight relationship between the DoD and Palantir, there is ample uh, reason to assume the Palantir could be tightly involved with this new 
$9 billion contract, uh, which would just be utterly staggering, uh, to say the least. So we did mention, and obviously it's kind of fairly logical to assume that Palantir is not a sole cloud vendor, uh, as is described within this contract specifically, but um, Palantir does have Apollo, in which is very similar and analogous to, to, to what I believe this, this contract is describing. In consideration of the fact that this new contract is specifically focused on a, what is called a multi-cloud, one may argue that Apollo is the best contender uh, for this contract. Apollo is a platform for software management at scale across a range of environments. In other words, Apollo enables a seamlessly uh, lovely experience, a seamless experience to manage and deploy uh, continuous software wherever the business needs it. Uh, we can see that Greg D Darment, uh, the chief architect at Apollo, mentioned that Apollo enables a heterogeneous uh, We can see that uh, the chief architect uh, at Apollo actually mentioned when he did an interview with Codestrap a few months ago that Apollo enables a heterogeneous environment deployment uh, showing the necessity of software uh, and clouds to be deployed anywhere and everywhere. This is vital for developers and the future of the software solutions, both in his own words, both within governments and commercial contexts. This is incredibly important, he mentioned. There are a load of other tools that are used to glue other technologies together to create use cases, Greg stated. However, this results in a lot of heavy lifting and dedication from various teams across an organization to make this possible. Greg mentioned how often the conventional methods used today can result in vendor lock to set to the cloud provider. Vendor lock is, off, is basically when a customer is using and becomes locked into a product or service over time, specifically in relation uh, to the cloud. Um, Greg also mentioned with Codestrap that people don't understand the categories of the problem. By Apollo and through using Apollo, according to Greg, you can choose where to run, one, run workloads and you're not vendor locked to one cloud provider. Without the ability to negotiate a better deal with other cloud providers, these vendors are going to take advantage of the company. The pair then wanted, went on to indicate within, within their interview months ago, uh, that this is Sky Compute. Sky Compute is basically closely linked with the idea of Cloud 2.0, Cloud 3.0. And the main notion of Sky Computing is focused on the fact that often a singular cloud is not enough. And sometimes the whole, whole sky is needed for cloud infrastructure. Development of a way to join several cloud infrastructures together into one massive cloud would especially be useful for those who utilize open large-scale compute resources. Fundamentally, uh, Apollo could compete for this new contract because the main goal of Apollo and Sky Computing is to become a layer above the cloud platforms, resulting in what I call interoperability of cloud solutions. So that is the article, that is the research that we have uh, thus far. We can see this is a $9 billion contract specifically for multi-cloud operations. Apollo, many argue, uh, could be the best contender for this platform.